live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Two, five minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Tom Cakert on the Hawkeyes momentarily. Kevin Lehman going around the Big Four in about 40 minutes or thereabouts. Uh, Coach Steps has uh, just uh, texted me back. Yes, tickets are available. Yes, fans will be allowed uh, at Drake Stadium if you're into it. It's uh, great. It is. It is. April little football. 17th. It's a great place to watch a game, too. I- I've done high school games there many times, as you know, and perfect vantage point. It's just... Good weekend. Yeah. Look, people are dying to get outside. I yes. truly believe that. Yes. And I get that it's it's March Madness, but there's a couple. I mean, April 17th, the final home game. March Madness is over. It's mm-hmm. not the Masters. Right. It's not the NFL draft. There's game six in Major League Baseball. I might be able to miss game six and might find my way down there. We'll see. Anyways. You're looking at me like there's no, no. shot that's happening. No, no. I'm not. Uh, you'd be surprised. So will I. <laughs> I know you. I know you very well. That, that is. Uh, let, let's do this, Trent. Let's get our buddy Tom Kakert uh, as he makes his way to. Yes, he's uh, going to be leaving in a couple hours, and I'm going to guess Tom Kakert Beef House. That's got to be on the agenda because you said you're working out at the YMCA, already trying to get rid of some pounds before you get your way to the, the Beef House. Like I got to get, I got to get my exercise before I go gorge myself. You know, I haven't been back to the Beef House. We're like the year anniversary yeah, of yes, the are. last visit there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just think about like a year ago when I was sitting in uh, Banker's Life Fieldhouse we yep. watching Michigan and watching Michigan and Rutgers come out to warm up and then seeing them leave five minutes later. And then uh, shortly thereafter, the Big Ten tournament was over and we kind of knew everything else was over. And everything was John over. Camp and I. Yeah, John Bonencamp and I stopped at the Beef House on the way home and had the fattest meal ever there. It's <laughs> wild. You know what I think about when I think about last year's Big Ten tournament? Just how sick Fred Hoiberg looked on, and he was. Mm-hmm. But we... we uh, think with the flu, though. But right. But but at the time, I think, oh, my God. And this is what COVID does to somebody? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that, Tom, how, how ill he looked on, at his game? Ugh. That was my... I was driving over, and I was getting phone calls from various people. They're like, oh, my God. Fred Hoiberg had COVID, yeah. and it was just at the same time Rudy Gobert came yep. out, and then yep. Tom Hanks, and I was like, "What is going on here?" And right. I, you know, just got to got to the hotel and you know start catching up with some people, and they're like, "Yeah, he looked terrible. Oof. He looked like he was dying on the sidelines." I truly thought he was. Honest to God, he was as sick as I've ever seen somebody. Anyways, that's behind us. It's all seashells and balloons at this point, Tom <laughs> Kakerd, uh, as you'll uh, head down there. Um, so, Tom. You, will you make it? You probably won't make it in time for practice. And Trent and I were speculating about this. In fact, I said to start the show, boy, I hope some of our IMO media friends make it down to Indianapolis in time for practice. We'll, I'd love to get some eyeballs on Joe Wieskamp and see if there's any intel on how he looks. Even if you would have been there, would you have been allowed into practice? Normally you would have been, oh, but no. this is different after no. all. Yeah, they don't let us in for the Big Ten. NCAA is still let you in. And so, will next week um, as well? I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to let gotcha. him for practice at all. I, I think that's just 
But normally, NCAA tournament, they'll let us in for mm-hmm. that that yep. practice. But uh, that that is not going to happen. And um, you know, all we really know about Joe is he got onto the plane yesterday, so we know he's with the team. Yeah. Um, it didn't look like he was wearing his boot, so maybe that's a positive. Um, it's funny you mention that because I looked uh, at some of the still pictures as well, and I was <laughs> trying to see if I could see if there was a boot there. <laughs> I couldn't tell, Tom. I couldn't tell. So you you saw one yeah. that looks as though he was there was no boot being I, worn. I don't think there was a boot. It okay. didn't look like he was wearing a boot. So um, I I think that's um, you know positive. But I, here's what I came down to, and I and I kind of wrote a little bit about this today, just about Iowa's seat and where they're going to be seated. I don't think Iowa's moving off the two line if they won so. the Big Ten tournament or if they lost on Friday. I agree with you. Don't. I don't think they're going down. I don't think they're going up. Nope. I think they're locked at the deuce. I'm with you. So locked in, for all intents and purposes, it doesn't mean something, but it does mean something. Frey McCaffrey's never been to Saturday, the Big Ten tournament. Iowa has not won a championship since 2006. These are memories. How many times does Alex Thompson get brought up, (laughs) a guy that was a disappointment, but he hit one big shot against Ohio State? The little bugger from Duggar. Brody Boyd beating Indiana in the championship game. Those are memories that... Stay with people. And these are competitors. If it's close, you know Joe Wieskamp. He's not sitting out to get ready to sit around for another week waiting for the NCAA tournament, right? Oh, it, Joe will go play. If if Joe can talk his way into playing, Joe's going to play. I, you guys will remember his freshman year. They played Michigan State in December. It was one of those two December Big Ten games. And he turned his ankle pretty good in that game. And five days later, he played against Iowa State. And he was like, yeah, I'm playing. But I only get like four cracks at Iowa State. I'm, I'm playing. So um, he played and played 20 minutes against Iowa State. So I, I just, I've seen him bounce back from sprained ankles at AAU and stuff like that pretty quickly. So I, I suspect he's going to try and talk his way into playing. I suspect the head coach and the trainer may have different, uh, different plans for him. Does it matter if it's Penn State or Wisconsin? We know how dirty Wisconsin is. We know how dirty Brad Davidson is. We know for whatever reason, boy, a lot of times you see people step on the feet of Wisconsin defenders throughout the years. Am I got mm. my tinfoil hat on? No, you or don't. Does that matter too? Because yeah. Wisconsin seems to find their feet underneath jump, jump shooters. Here, yeah. Here's the other thing, and you guys saw the the post-game comments from Greg Gard. Mm-hmm. And those were as pointed towards officials as I've maybe ever heard a coach be and, and officiating. And there's been nothing from the Big Ten Conference. That's true. I mean, yeah. and, and Jim Jim Farr, the, the, the Penn State coach, basically said some kind of innocuous mm-hmm. things early in the year about officiating. Nothing really egregious at all. And got banged for $10,000. For it. And there's been there's been no public reprimand, reprimand, nothing about it. It just it amazes me. And I'm I'll I'll say this: if that if they play Wisconsin and things go a little awry with the officiating, mm-hmm. maybe there's some questionable whistles towards uh, you know they they give in to Wisconsin a little bit. I'm gonna think Fran's probably gonna be watching <laughs> the the 
duration of the game from a, a different facility. Yeah, I wouldn't be a bit surprised, Tom. And you know, when he said that on uh, on Sunday, I thought that he had the rematch, the potential rematch on Friday night in mind. And apparently, I saw is it Jim Polzine uh, from uh, who covers Wisconsin? Yeah. I saw something, maybe yeah. his Twitter or a column that he wrote that apparently there was a conversation amongst the league and amongst amongst uh, with with guard. But what came out of that conversation is 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 secretive at this point. Nobody knows. Are we, you, if there would have been a fine, we would have known about it by now, right? Yeah, they would. They would have issued a public reprimand about it. Wow. And, um, you know, they reprimanded Fran. They yeah. reprimanded uh, other coaches. Pat Chambers, I think, got reprimanded once. I'm just telling you, if if I'm sure you things go you. goofy, and and you know. Davidson's a dirty player. I mean, Jordan, yes. if you listen to Jordan Mohanna's podcast, he he said it. He goes, I like Brad Davidson. He's a nice guy. You know, I've gotten to know him a little bit. He's a dirty player. He's yep. the dirtiest player in the league. Without, it's not even close. And, you know, the the, the play that that, um, that we're talking about, that the guard went off on, unless there was another one that I'm forgetting about, the hook and hold. Tom, it's as plain as the nose on my face for crying out loud. That's exactly what he did. He did. He did. He helped Keegan Murray, yep. and he does it all the time. And it's a dangerous play because you can pull somebody's arm out of their socket, and and they could fall awkwardly and hurt their shoulder and be out for a month. And you don't want to see that this time of year. Nope. I mean, for gosh sakes, you know, it. You just got to stop doing it, and he can't. I don't think he can stop doing it. And he's he's the. Uh, Grayson Allen without the talent, I think, is yeah, how I, that's what I described him like this week. <laughs> that's really good. I think that's about perfect. No, is he still in the league, by the way? Wasn't he yeah, in Utah I think so. for a while? Yeah. Anyway. He's bouncing around. Probably so. We'll, we'll get to the NBA come April. That's yeah. that's usually the time Ken Fair. and I. Maybe May. Yeah, jump back in. Tom Gaker <laughs> joining us, HawkeyeReport.com. So we have the Wies Camp news. How about Jordan Bohannon? Late here in the season, really putting it together, playing at a high level. This team built a little bit differently now, but just the way they ended the year, Bohannon, we talked so much about Garza, but having to evolve a little bit as a player, and he's actually playing some defense on the other end of the floor, too. Yeah, he's he's um, given a better effort defensively, and it showed, and their, their defense has been, um, you know, average to above average at this point, and that's what they need because their offense is going to still be really good, and uh, this is what Jordan came back for. This is what Luca came back mm-hmm. for. It's, and and it, I don't even know if it's really the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. It's the NCAA tournament. That is the Trent. You'll agree with me on this. The largest monkey on the back of the Iowa basketball program is getting to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Period. End of story. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, it's not not even close. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. I think they could get beat by Wisconsin, Penn State on Friday night. But if they go to the lead eight, <laughs> yeah. nobody will care. They nope. go to the final four, nobody will care what it's happens like, this week. It's like. It's like 2006. What do you remember about 2006? Northwestern State in that ugly black court. Mm. Yep. That's what you remember. Mm-hmm. As a three seed? Remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three, four, you don't remember anything. You know, what's secondary is they won a Big Ten tournament championship. You don't remember that. No. You, know, just... it's, you just remember that guy, that dude chucking one up from the corner. Mm-hmm. Tom, what... Uh... What's behind the fact that seemingly the last, I don't know, guys, four weeks, five weeks of the season, when they lost four of five, mm-hmm. they seemed to take the floor with a different mindset, and that mindset had a lot to do at the defensive end of the floor. They're still getting their points. But uh, following that little skid there, Tom, is that when the defensive intensity cranked up in your mind? Because they're a different team. Yeah, it is when Fran McCaffrey told them, 
basically, essentially, we're done playing zone. And we're not mm-hmm. – he used it as kind of a crutch more than anything else. And, and they were not a good zone team. And they haven't been a good zone team. But they would just go to it. And Fran would flip-flop back and forth because that's what Fran is tended to do. And he just basically said, you're going to have to guard man-to-man because they're not going to be a good zone team ever, probably. They can play it for little short pockets, but not very often. They've got to be better in man-to-man. And if you want to go where you want to go, you've got to be better in man. And they've gotten better at man. And guess what? They're better defensively, and they've gone from the 130s in Ken Palm defensive effective efficiency to what was it today, Trent? 61, somewhere around there, yeah. 60. I mean, it's really good. It's it's much better. Tom, I want to pick your brain. I know you like to dabble a little bit here on uh, on firing at these things. Hmm. Um, if you had to bet a team in the Big Ten tournament, who who would you who would you bet? You know, the the most intriguing odds was Purdue to me. Mm-hmm. Just for me, Purdue. Because Michigan State's probably going to be without Eli Brooks. You think maybe they can, you know, sneak out of there. And Purdue's just playing well. Yeah. The, the young kids. There. The young kids. The Jaden the Jaden Ivy kid is yeah. going to oh, be a terrific. star. Yep. I mean, they've got some they got some young players that uh, that have really come along and, and with Williams and they've got uh, Sasha's back and he's healthy and he gives you that that score from the outside Please, that they, yep. they always rely on. So. I think they're the they're, if you're going to go invest on a little future, I'd throw a little on Purdue. Purdue, interesting. The Boilermakers coming out as the four seed. All right, let's jump to some football with you, Tom. Didn't have an opportunity to talk last week about this. The new offensive line coach, George Barnett, coming in from well, a couple of months in New Orleans and Tulane. That's where he was. But uh, your thoughts on that hire? And secondly. What about the running back job? What is uh, what are you hearing percolating on that development? And going to assume it'll be more than likely an African American coach. Yeah, it's going to have to be an African American coach. It just you, you have to, especially everything that's going on last summer, and it's mm-hmm. kind of a position where I think you need that, um, and, and they they need that kind of voice. Um, um, you know, there's been some rumblings about Liddell Betts, which would be interesting because he's been kind of coaching at the high school level down in Florida. So I, I don't know if there's anything. But um, I, I think it's if you're, you're looking for a profile for the running back coach, it's going to be uh, somebody by some roots or some, some ties or doing some things down in the southeastern portion of the country, Atlanta, probably Alabama, Mississippi, somewhere around there. Um, not necessarily Florida, but just has some ties down there um that's that's what i would think uh george barnett's the the new offensive line coach in fact uh you know Blair sanderson had some stuff last night that he's already calling some of the top guys that they're looking at for that class the next 2022 class uh as the iowa offensive line coach even though it hasn't been officially announced so <laughs> nice um it kind of gives you a indication that he's going to be the new offensive line coach so mm-hmm. uh, i like the hire i he's kind of fits with the what Ferentz looks for, which is a guy that's kind of got off the tree of the tree of guys that learned under Joe Moore, and that's always going to get you in the door with Kirk Ferentz on the offensive line. Is if somebody's got a 
tie to somebody who learned under Joe Moore, then you, you're going to get an interview and you're going to have a good chance of getting a job. Uh, I want to ask you, um, Scott Dockerman uh, wrote, wrote a piece on, a, on a, an uh, incoming recruit, the, the next great Iowa center. They've already got one in Linderbaum, who surprised a lot of people when he came back uh, for this upcoming season. But what do you know about I'm, I'm my, my Linsky, is that how you say his name? And is he as good as, yeah. I mean, he's, he's not often you see a, a story on an incoming center, a quarterback, a running back, a receiver, but this kid uh, must be the real deal. Yeah, he's he's Tyler Linderbaum in training when he walks on campus, um, and that's what they sold him on was uh, you could be the next Tyler Linderbaum, and that's how they got him. He, you know, he was originally committed to Longhorns, and when they had their coaching change and issues about coaching, they he jumped off of that, and, and uh, uh, so he's you know decided to come to Iowa, and that was probably a good choice for him. He just seems like the kind of player that would thrive at Iowa, so. He's going to come in and uh, learn for a year, probably redshirt this year, and learn under Linderbaum, and then they're probably going to hand the keys of the car over to him mm. uh, for four years as the next center. And he's a he's a good one. His dad uh, was the strength and conditioning coach at for the Jacksonville Jaguars and been in the NFL a little bit for, for a little while. So he's kind of got a good base um, to you know to strength and conditioning, and understanding uh, you know building his body up to be able to do those things. Good stuff. Hey, Tom, uh, one more note on the wrestling front. Three, uh, four number one seeds for the Hawkeye wrestlers yeah. as the brackets came out. But maybe more importantly this morning, Spencer Lee says he's going to come back for yet another season in 2022. Yeah, I thought he had already said that back a while a while ago, but maybe he made it official today. Um, but that's, that's great. I think he wanted that shot at, you know, assuming he takes care of business. Uh winning four titles and being one of those elite guys that that has that opportunity to to be a four-time champion so um i think there might be a good number of those guys this team may run it back next year the whole crew so Mm -hmm. just be kind of prepared for that Uh, that that was kind of one of the things that's been talked about is that you know marinelli and chem dog and all those guys might might actually decide to come all all come back well, the first domino fell. Pretty, pretty good one at that. Yeah. Uh, so, Tom, will Hawkeye report you know, being Indy this weekend, back home for a few days, yep. and right back next weekend? That's that's the plan. That's the plan. So maybe a couple, several trips to the Beef House and maybe a regular there. Make it, a, make it one of those ten punch cards where you get 10 <laughs> by 10, get one, get a free one or something. I don't know. We'll you know, see. I don't think I've ever been there, but every time you guys make that trip, you're talking about it. So I got to put it on the list. Tom Caker, drive safe. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for coming on today, Tom. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. This weekend, Indy. Next weekend, Indy. Uh, pretty good. Following time. week in Windy. The following week in Indy. Jeez. You see, they're packing the Hawkeye players for twenty nine days. I saw that. Yeah, I saw the the pictures getting on the plane. It's um, a lot of luggage. It's a lot of luggage. Well, I'm gonna guess they're gonna be able to do laundry. Well, yeah, but you, I'd like to think so. Right. So I wonder, but are they like quarantine once they're there? They are. Yeah, there's they a, a great article at the right? Athletic. Yeah, is it? Yeah, that breaks everything down. Media members. Officials, officials can't leave their hotel room. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised at that. But what? So what's the media? Is it's all zooming, right? Mm-hmm. Those press conferences that happen, yeah, afterwards they can't happen this right. year. 
Interesting. Well, we're going to catch you off guard right yes, now. Yes, yes. Uh, as Trent and I won't be here tomorrow, we'll have Iowa State women on the air tomorrow morning. Pre-game is at 10. So we're going to take four of you right now and give you an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons. 284-5966. First four callers right now. 284-5966. If you haven't played in the last 30 days, if you haven't won in the last 30 days, if you haven't played in the last 30 days, we'll give four of you an opportunity. We'll give you four games. There's a couple of props in there. Mm-hmm. If you get the most right, you'll get a $35 gift certificate. The runner-up gets 25 If you're getting a ring right now, that means you're in. Uh, we will do Claxons on the other side. Kevin Lehman's still to come as well. We'll talk about the Big Four with Kevin. Claxons BBQ giveaway next. Miller and Condon, 1460 KX, no, 106th and loss. Global Direct Mail and Marketing is a local design and print shop that'll help you from start to finish. From design to printing and mailing it for you. From wedding invitations to birth announcements. And it's time to be thinking about those graduation announcements. No matter how big or small your project is, Global will work with you from creating a custom design to getting your project inserted into the mail. Global can design, print, and deliver. And Global can help your business grow with custom mailers designed to help you bring new customers through your doors. Located on 121st Street in Urbandale or call Craig at 515-282. 3000 It's Global Direct Mail and Marketing. Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. All right, just past 11.30 on a Thursday. Welcome back. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Kevin Lehman coming up here in about 10 minutes. More basketball conversation with Kevin. Right now, our friends at Claxon's 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. We're doing this today as Trent and I are not here tomorrow. Iowa State women pregame is at 10. Their game's tips at 1030. Claxon's 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona online. ClaxonBBQ.com. ClaxonBBQ.com in business in Altoona over 25 years. 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. David, Jerry, Austin, and Mike. We're going to give you four uh, questions. You give us four answers. If you get the most right, we'll give you 35 bucks worth of Claxons. The runner-up gets 25 I'll give you all the tiebreaker right now so you can give this some thought. Tiebreaker is going to be Luca Garza total points this weekend. So, are they play one, one and gunner? Do they win Friday, Saturday, Sunday? You've got to uh, anticipate that hmm. in your answer. That is the tiebreaker. David goes first. David, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. Can I just take second place now and, and call it even? <laughs> you, you know what? I wonder if the other... Let's ask Jerry Austin and Mike. I don't think they go for <laughs> no. that. Let's give it a whirl, David. Do your best, my sure friend. Enough. Here's the first one. Will Baylor and Michigan both win their tournaments? No. Uh Texas Tech is a point-and-a-half favorite tonight over Texas. Texas. Wisconsin, a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Penn State. Wisconsin. Going to go to football for this one. UNI is at Southern Illinois this week. Illinois on the road is... Uh, Illinois. UNI on the road is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Panthers. Uh, here's the tiebreaker. Closest without going over. Luca Garza points this weekend. David, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. it. And still one day to go, isn't there, before we get to that weekend. 
Uh, well, some for some people. <laughs> do you Jerry, got any meetings tomorrow afternoon? Do I? I don't think. I have one today. Not, not so far. Yeah, I know Hello, how you Jerry. schedule things. <laughs> how are you, Jerry? Hello. Uh, I'm doing great. Good. Baylor and Michigan, will they both win their respective tournaments? No. Uh, Texas Tech is a point-and-a-half favorite tonight over Texas. I'm going to pick Texas Tech. Okay. Wisconsin, a five-and-a-half point favorite over Penn State. Wisconsin will win. All right. FCS football, the Panthers at Southern Illinois. You and I is a three-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, They're on the road? Yep. Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois for Jerry. Tiebreaker, Luca Garza, total points this weekend. Uh, um, boy, I'm going to say he's not going to have a good weekend. 42. 42 for you, Jerry. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. Yep, and Austin is next. Hello, Austin. Welcome to the program. How are you? Good. Good. Baylor and Michigan, will they win their respective conference tournaments? No. Uh, Texas Tech is a point-and-a-half favorite over Texas. Oh, Texas Tech. Wisconsin gives five and a half to Penn State. Wisconsin. Football, you and I is on the road as a three and a half point favorite at Southern Illinois. You and I. And total points for Luca this weekend. Closest without going over. 45. Austin, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, finally, Mike joins us. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hey, Ken, how are you doing? Doing Good. fine, thank you. Uh, Baylor and Michigan, will they win their respective conference tournaments? Uh, no. All right. No. Texas Tech is a point-and-a-half favorite over Texas. Uh, Tech. Okay. Wisconsin, five-and-a-half over Penn State. I'm calling Penn State, taking right. the points. Taking the points, and that one had a nice win yesterday. Panthers are a three-and-a-half point favorite in football over Southern Illinois. I'm going with Southern Illinois. Sorry, Panthers. All right, uh, Mike. And finally, uh, Luca, total points this weekend. Mike, closest without going over. I'm going to go 61. Sorry, Dave. (laughs) It's all right, Dave. uh, You go last and you get to pick last. Uh, Mike, have have a enjoy the tournaments. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Yep, good to talk to you. Appreciate that and appreciate Claxons as we do Claxons a day earlier. Everybody went against the Baylor-Michigan prop. Is that right? Yeah, you get what? Well, down to 11 teams now in the Big Ten left, and you get another seven teams. You don't get both one seeds, though. Baylor's home free. No, they're not. Oh, yeah, they are. Home free. Home free. Baylor's playing. Baylor's Baylor again. Michigan, on the other hand, home free. You're going to give me the field and you get Baylor? We're yeah. betting lunch. Okay. Monday lunch. Monday lunch. You get Baylor, I get the field. You do. It's happening. All right. Our first official bet on the air between each other. All right. I'll take it. I think, all right. Uh, Baylor's what? Aren't they the shortest price of they are. all the companies? Like minus 175 they're minus going money. in. minus money. Everybody's yeah. plus money. I just think they're playing well. They are. Uh, and I'm probably rooting for Oklahoma State. You like the Cowboys. I do. I do. How's that game going, by the way? Uh, back and forth. Really tight last time I looked. Uh, we can take a break. We can get to No, Kevin. we got Kevin. He's ready to go. All right, let's get to him. Kevin Lehman joins us. Hello, Kevin Lehman. How are you? Good. 
good, Ken. Hey, I want some of that action also. I'll take the field, and you can have the Baylor Bears. Oh, man, I've had a tough week. Everybody's against me here, Kevin. Long story. Um, so, Kevin, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about, let's go to the Hawks first of all, as they are very much alive. Drake waits on pins and needles. Oh, I think they've had a couple of things go their way subsequently. Xavier going down yesterday, and, of course, the bad news. You hate to see COVID take out anybody, and they took out Duke. Uh, they won't play in their ACC tournament, so the likelihood that they get back on the court NCAA tournament, we'll see how the committee handles that. But the Hawks are going to be playing, and you saw the injury uh, to Joe Wieskamp. Just from, and I know you're not a doctor and you haven't seen anything, but from what you see uh, and knowing him, uh, watching him, what do you think the likelihood of Wieskamp playing as early as tomorrow night will be, Kevin? Well, Ken, that reminds me of the quote from Doc Rivers when he was asked a medical question. He said, you know, Doc is just a nickname. I'm not really a doctor. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, Joe Wieskamp is going to keep a, take a lot to keep him off the court. Tape him up, get it rehabbed. I think he'll be good to go. You want to try to limit his minutes if you can because of the amount of games they're going to be playing. But I think you're going to see Joe Wieskamp go. But I think the bigger question is how many games can C.J. Frederick play in a row? Mm-hmm. Back-to-back-to-back days. Fair question. Yeah, that's intriguing. And with what's looming behind it, Mm -hmm. that's one something that we've heard. Kind of, he'll wake up, and sometimes it'll be good. Sometimes it won't be good, Kevin. Yeah, that's what this one there, too. Can Luca Garza stay out of foul problems? Mm. Because they got that issue with Jack Nungy out. So there's a couple things the Hawks have to overcome in this tournament. And potentially, as Tom Caker pointed out, and I think that there's something to this, they may have to overcome officiating. If it is Wisconsin and Iowa tomorrow night, uh, you heard guard go off as he did uh, after the game on Sunday. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't see any other reason other than the fact he was p- planting it forward, that he was, you know, looking at the potential uh, Wisconsin Iowa game again. We see Davidson is uh, the, the style of play uh, that we see on any given night from him. Guard went off on the officiating. I don't know what he thought that um, that the officials because it was clearly a hook and hold. Mm-hmm. What did you make when you heard Coach Guard and what and was he doing this in anticipation of a game down the road? I don't think he was fast forwarding it, Ken. I think it was frustration from the past. And let me ask you this: When's the last time you've seen a hook and hold called? When they first put that rule in, I was at the. Paradise Game of the Virgin Islands. We were getting four a game, mm. and then they backed it off. I just haven't seen one all year. I saw well, Lucas had a couple, hasn't one. he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Is it hook and hold? Yeah. yeah. I just haven't seen that many this year. I thought they'd kind of backed off that. I saw Fife do one at Northern Ireland. They was a monster and let it get away. Uh, I, you know, and I look, I watched that. I don't know. You think it was clearly a hook and hold? I kind of thought it was a basketball play. Well, I didn't think Keegan Murray fouled him to begin with. I, I didn't think there was any contact there whatsoever. And I thought Davidson had his arm. I did. Yeah, just for a bit, but I couldn't tell if it's on purpose. That's a hard, that hook and hold is a really difficult call to make. And, you know, it goes back to Isaac Haas, Purdue, when he got slammed mm. down. Mm-hmm. It may have cost the Purdue a Final Four appearance that year, and that's when that rule came to effect maybe three, four years ago. But, yeah, I don't know if, Garden was looking that far ahead. I think it was more frustration because Davidson has been getting so many calls against him. Remember, he, didn't he have the low blow against the Hawks yeah. Ago yeah. on a screen? He's yeah, a dirty so, player. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah, that may be the easiest way to put it. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's no two ways about it. And, and Kevin, from your perspective, back in your coaching days, you knew guys that were dirty in the league. You knew guys or teams that were going to bend the rules, if you will. Is it a conversation piece? Is it something you talk about or just you don't even need to put it in the game plan? Everybody knows. If it's a team in your league, you know Brad Davidson's a dirty player. But players in the past, this guy's dirty. You just kind of know it without saying it. Well, what you tell your team is don't react mm-hmm. to what he does. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, now everything's scrutinized, like the hook and hold. You go to the monitor. Back in the old days, uh, a lot that was not. So you basically taught your team, this is going to happen. We know his reputation. Do not react to it because in the old days, it was the second guy who always got caught on the infraction. And let me say about Brad Davidson, you hate to play against those guys, right? but you love to have Absolutely. them on your team. Yep. Absolutely. You do. It's fair. Uh, Trent, since you asked, West Virginia's up uh, six at the half, 36-30 okay. uh, at, at the half. All right, Kevin, so uh, let's move on. And from what we've seen so far, Drake, I mean, I think they catch a couple of breaks, right? So they're, they're, they're on the proverbial bubble. There's not going to be a lot of sleep, I wouldn't think, Saturday into Sunday. The Drake. So let's start with the Duke news, and I know you're not part of the committee, but Duke on a Thursday of conference tournament play comes down with a COVID positive. They're out of the ACC tournament. Your best guess, Kevin, how the committee will handle Duke when it comes to deciding on Sunday what they're going to do with the Blue Devils, who I think were uh, had an uphill climb to get in. They were playing good basketball at least this week. Uh, how do you think the committee will look at Duke when it comes to what happened to them here today? Yeah, and I think they needed that next win with Florida State, which had been their next game. Yeah. Uh, so I think Duke is clearly out. And evidently Louisville, the player that had the positive test, did not play. Correct. Louisville does not uh, have a problem with it. And think about it, this is the second time that the Drake Bulldogs have had the benefit of a COVID test because – if they would have played Northern Iowa, they would have played three games in three days. So I thought the rest they got by not playing against Northern Iowa really helped Drake because they had to have a fairly good showing against Loyola. If they got blown out, that would have been a problem. I think the biggest issue you got to do right now, if you're Drake, is watch the Mountain West. Boise State playing Nevada. Utah State playing UNLV. Colorado State playing Fresno. Those are your bid stealers, in my opinion. And, of course, you've got Syracuse. BDNC State. Yeah. Syracuse always come out of nowhere yeah. to get this damn tournament. Indeed. So you, were you at the Enterprise Center, Kevin, last uh, 6 o'clock last Friday when it hit the fan? I know you were in St. Louis. Were you there for that? Yeah, Mitch Holtz and I were getting ready for the call. Wow. Actually, I was finishing up a radio the game before we got a text from our producer before Mitch Holtz and myself stand by, and he said, here's the three options. We're going to start an hour late. We may start three hours late talking about you and I, Drake, or it may be canceled. So we sat in limbo for quite some time, and I had Gary Ryman shouting at me, <laughs> what's going on, as he wanted to break the news, and I told him, Mitch, he's the last guy I can say anything to, because he, <laughs> he would have hit Twitter in a second. But, uh, yeah, we were, we were ready to go on, and I, we were fired up, man, because it was going to be a great game, I thought, between you and I and Drake, and ready to go on uh, Fox Sports with that one. What time did you get that text? Because the first inkling actually didn't come from admire or from rima or from i don't think anybody the first i saw of it was an usher 
uh, at the Enterprise Center, actually walking outside the doors, which had yet to be open to the public. And this was like five after five, and the announcement had not been made yet that it was canceled. And she was out there saying that the game has been canceled. Uh, the next game at 8 o'clock or 8.30, whatever, it is going to happen. But she was actually the first one uh, that we got any hint at all what was going on. What time did you guys get alerted? I think she must have got it before I did because we were wrapping up the that? game before. Uh, so this is going to be a 6 o'clock tip, Ken, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I probably got that text about mm-hmm. 5, probably about 5.10 because we were, I was still on a wrap-up show on the previous game. and Basically, I'm at the top level, and we had to go down one flight for the TV level. Uh, and it came from my producer, and he said, keep this chain between the three of us. Mm. So he had probably gotten it from somebody in the league office. Uh, and I'm sure they, you know, they went outside and said, hey, you can't enter the arena. So uh, the lady yeah. outside knew before anybody That's else. That's crazy. It was wild. So ultimately, this was just the city of St. Louis saying because of a, what was it? Somebody in close proximity. Contact it wasn't tracing. A pl- Contact yeah, tracing. It wasn't a coach. It wasn't a yeah. player. But because of that, that's why you and I was able to play the night before, but then couldn't play the following evening. Well, they got tested after the night before, mm-hmm. uh, and they uh, had a kid do a positive. Uh, I shouldn't say kid, but I think it became pretty evident it was a player. And it could be even that tier one group. And so did Bradley. And Bradley's uh, player had had a test, and had had COVID in the previous 120 days. But So that was a contact tracing. Here's the biggest problem, guys. They did not give Northern Iowa a locker room large enough to do their uh, – Social distancing. Oh, wow. And Jesus. that was required. When you came in to play on campus, they said, make sure the visitor has a large locker room because they were the devices that do the contact yep. tracing. Yep. So what they could have done, if the locker room was big enough, uh, whoever that contact tracing associated that person with, they would be eliminated. But since they were in such a close, small locker room, it eliminated the entire team. That's what Ben Jackson was so upset. That and number two is that he came back and tested again, and it came back a negative, which said oh, this thing was a false positive. Oh. Talk about a one-two punch. <sighs> Unbelievable. Yes, it was. It was and, and here's the thing. The Valley is the only league that got every game right. in. Right. And then to have this happen in the tournament. But, guys, now we got to happen to Duke. We're going to see more of these happen. And I, that's the thing I said when this happened with Northern Iowa. This is the first to come. It's going to happen in other tournaments, and it's going to happen in the NCAA tournament. Sadly, Kevin Lehman, I believe you're going to be proven right. I hope you're wrong like you were on your prediction that Baylor won't win the Big 12. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey, Kevin, listen, uh, thanks for uh, what you did for Trent and I throughout the uh, ba- basketball season. We appreciate your insight, appreciate your knowledge. You call these games. Are you done now for the year, Kevin? Well, I'm hoping for an NIT, but they're going to do a bubble in Dallas, and it got reduced from 32 to 16 teams. Yeah. So I got my fingers crossed for that phone call. I got a feeling Fran Fischel will probably be doing it from his studio in his home. And think about this, guys. Drake's not eligible because they didn't win the Valley. If they would get pushed out of the NCAA tournament. I never They're not I eligible. didn't know that. I, automatic, I, I, yeah, the conference regular season champs automatic bid, and they went to 16 teams. But I think Drake's in good shape now, guys. Uh, really fingers do. crossed. I do, too. I do, too. Kevin, thank you. Appreciate it. Hope we hear you next week uh, doing some NIT basketball. Thank you, Kevin Lehman. 
Hey, guys, it's been a blast. Hope to do it again next season. Yeah, count on it. Appreciate it. Kevin Lehman uh, joining us as we talk a little college basketball. I did not know that. That That's for an automatic bid, is what he's saying. Oh, remember in in the past the NIT, if you won your regular season crown and didn't but get didn't it. get in, yes, you were automatically knew that. That is off the table. That doesn't mean Drake can't be in the NIT. They still can, right? But just not as an automatic bid. Gotcha. We'll come back, finish up the program. Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty KX and one. Post.com for details. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KX and O, and now on one hundred six point three FM. This is KXNO. Oh my, how did we miss that music? Let me count the ways. Final couple of minutes here of a Thursday Miller and Condon. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. So we're not here tomorrow. You want to go on record? Where's Iowa seated? Iowa will be a two. Uh-huh. I think, as we've talked about this week, regardless of what happens, I agree with you. They are locked in as a two, so that means playing a 15 seed. We've seen those upsets: mm-hmm. Hampton over Iowa State, the first one ever; Richmond over Syracuse; Santa Clara beating Arizona. We have seen them in the past: Norfolk State against Mizzou. Can I name them all? I think there's one more that I'm missing. Oh, ah, uh, that's all that I can think of off the top of my head. Regardless, I've got way further along than I would have. There is one team that I look at that is a possible 15 that will pa- cause, I think, Iowa problems. Albaline Christian. <laughs> I, and I'm not being facetious. Okay, I've seen them a little bit. I bet on them a few times in the Southland. That is a team that is incredibly fast and I think would be actually a bad matchup. So for stay Iowa. away from the Hawks. Yes. So but instead it'll be Drexel. That's who they play. They're, I'll, I'll throw it out there. All right. So it's hot. Is that, that's the 215 matchup. And they will be in the same bracket as the one seed. Baylor. Baylor Bears. Yep. I agree. Um, do you have a play today? Couple that I like. One's tipping off in five minutes, like mm. Northern Colorado getting seven and a half. Okay. My favorite play of the day, though, the Beavers of Oregon State getting five and a half against UCLA in the quarterfinals of the Pac 12. And then away we go. So we got a full day of hoops tomorrow. Indeed we do. And Saturday. And then you get into Sunday where it kind of trickles. And then that bracket gets in your hand. So are you just a wait and see with the brackets? Just... You don't, as opposed to doing what, like writing things out. No, I, yeah, no, a lot of people do that, right? I still do to this. Do you? Yeah, I'll wait. <laughs> it doesn't take long anymore. It doesn't. Uh, remember, boy, oh boy, yes, I remember those days. It wasn't too many years ago. How about the one guy time that got, that got leaked out? You remember that? Is that three years ago? Four three years or ago? Four. Anyways, yeah. Murphy Daddy at one, Fanatics at three. Have a great weekend. Trent and I are off tomorrow. 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM.